0: Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name, amen. And I think we have to start on time so that we can finish on time. And uh, welcome to all of you who are here. <coughs> uh, we also welcome our online viewers. The reason why we want to keep time it's so that those who are waiting for us and also the media team, when they put their things up, It's not good when it's just uh, silent all through. So we need to start. So I would ask that we all just open in prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you and bless you. We honor you, Father, even this day. We say this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity just to come together like this as your children. But Father, we may receive from your throne. For you said, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from your mouth. Even this day, Lord, we are ready to receive from your throne. We say, teach us and guide us unto all the ways of the truth. Spirit of the living God, continue to reveal the truth of the Father to us. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you that your word will go forth in power and in simplicity. That mighty Father, indeed we may grow by your word. In the name of Jesus, have your way even this day. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we can start on time also also because I want to just recap quickly something first, and then we will proceed with what we are going to share about today. We are still continuing with our subject, uh, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think we've shared with one another how to pray effectively. So that when you pray, you will know that God hears and answers your prayers. So that you don't pray as those that do not know what they are doing. Paul talks about, I do not box like a boxer who is beating the air. I'm a skilled boxer. So even in our prayer lives, we need to pray in an effective manner, in a manner that pleases the Lord. And we've also learned from the life of Jesus When the disciples says, maybe let's go to that, Luke 11, 1, that's our text scripture. In the New King James Version it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So throughout this whole month of August, we've been taught how to pray and we are continuing to receive from the throne of God, so that all those efforts that you put in prayer, you should pray knowing that God hears you. Uh, We said the other time that it's not good to pray a lot, but you get nothing for your prayers. So you should actually check on the return on investment on your prayers, how effective have your prayers been like? And I want us just to recap shortly, We'll go to the book of Hebrews 8.5 NLT and, and, and I think I asked um, the media team just to put for us the picture of the tabernacle. When we were sharing, we showed you how Jesus taught his disciples to pray when he said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. All the things that he taught them and we told you that's the way that Jesus was teaching us how we should pray. But also we looked at the lifestyle of Jesus, how he himself prayed. We noted that there were times when he would just pray, make a decree, and something happens. He would just say, peace be still. When You remember when the waves and the storms, when he was in the sea? That was not a time to pray for a long prayer and all that. You had to make a decree. Amen. So there will be cases in your life where sometimes you just need to make a decree. Amen. Sometimes you just need to shout the name Jesus. Because you don't have all the time to quote that verse, that one, that one, but as long as you're doing it in faith, then it's done. But we also said, even in the life of Jesus, there were some prayers sometimes where he would not just pray once and that's it. There were times sometimes he would Spent time in prayer the whole night. The Bible would say he went out into the mountains to pray the whole night. And you look at John 17, you see Jesus there praying for his disciples, taking his time in prayer. So I just want us to reflect shortly, because the book of Hebrews 8 verse 5, NLT, somebody who's got it in NLT, NLT Hebrews 8 5, anybody who's going to read it for us, Hebrews 8.5, NLT. Anybody? NLT, Mr. Netanjani. Hebrews 8.5. And I just want to summarize for you why it's very important. Some of you, you struggle to pray effectively. Sometimes we say maybe it's the time to pray or we say it's time for you to intercede. You just talk three minutes and you feel I'm finished. I don't know what else to say. So if you look at this picture of the tabernacle and use that also as a framework for your life you can see how you can pray touching all aspects that sometimes needs to be touched upon. Especially during your prayer time. I'm not talking about a prayer before you eat where you just pray and then that's it. I'm talking about your time of prayer where you set time aside to spend time with God. Amen. So read for us that uh, Hebrews 8.5 NLT. Serve in a system of worship that is only a copy. Okay. So the system of worship. So he was talking about the tabernacle and how that was done with Moses. So he says that was just a copy. Mm-hmm.
1: A shadow of real one in heaven.
0: Okay. So that form of worship was a shadow of the real worship in heaven. Uh For
1: when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Yeah. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain.
0: Amen. I like that. So he says the tabernacle we can take that almost as a copy as a shadow of the way of heavenly worship. Okay. But that's why Moses was told be sure you do it according to the pattern I showed you on the mountain, because it's re- it's representing a certain form of worship. You can't just make the tabernacle whichever way that you want, okay? And we said one of the things is that in Psalms we know when we say I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. So I'll just take you through that quickly, and uh, so that then you can just see that we're just recapping that so that. You can help yourself also sometimes in your own prayer life. If you want to make sure that I've touched almost everything in my prayer time. Because sometimes we say pray and you say, you pray for two minutes and then it's finished. But then you haven't even prayed for your pastor. So you haven't finished. Amen. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts, the court, there is this outer court with? With praise. Okay? So obviously, if it's your prayer time and now you start thanking God, you enter his gates with thanksgiving. You start praising God. But then, I want to take you as you praising God, then you see here we've got the altar of burnt offerings. So, Thank you, Father. I thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I just want to thank you for your faithfulness in my life. I want to thank you for this and this and this. I praise you, mighty Father. There is no one like you. You are mighty. And we keep on seeing your goodness and your glory in our lives. But then, there is the altar of burnt offerings here. So the burnt offerings was used. So this deals with sin it's almost you can look at this as coming to the cross okay the cross of calvary where our sins are dealt with so it means is that time where it's actually you need to use these two interchangeably the laver and the bent of the altar of bent offerings because the laver beside it were being the place where the priests would wash their hands but it also had a mirror-like thing. So you could see yourself when you look at the labor. So that actually makes you to reflect on your life. Okay? So, there may be things that needs to be dealt with in my life. So it means as I go to God, I've got time to say, Lord, search me. If there's any wickedness in me, if there's anything in my heart that needs to be dealt with, so that when I go to the most holy place or to the holy place, I'm ready. Amen? Because as I'm approaching the throne room of God, I must make sure that because God does not tolerate sin, so it means I've got to say, Lord, search my heart. And I think in searching your heart, some of the things, we've got this altar of burnt offerings where you remember that Jesus has actually forgiven my sin. He said if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that is the time where I say, Lord, forgive me for this and that and that and that. So that as I approach your throne, there will be no guilt conscious in me. Now, that lever there, you can actually use the lever in a simple way. You can take a simple thing like, the Ten Commandments, and just reflect on your life. Isn't it? So he would say, worship no other God beside me. So Lord, are there things that really maybe now they're taking my attention as if they are gods in my life? Is there something that, Lord, search me? And as you are in that pattern of being searched or searching you and all that, then you start realizing where you are coming short. You remember Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. But after that, when he was in the presence of the Lord, he started saying, whoa, what an unworthy man I am. He started seeing that his uh, natural self needs to be dealt with in the presence of God. Because as we approach God, we should not approach God with sin. We should make sure that that sin is dealt with. So that labor would help us to reflect on ourselves and what needs to be dealt with on the burnt offering, and then as you get in, now you come to a place where I want just to take those three quickly: the table of show bread, the golden lampstand, and the altar of incense. So the table of show bread. Let's start with the golden lampstand. So the golden lampstand. It reflects the light in our lives. So you can think of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You start saying, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit in my life. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches me the ways of the truth. As I approach your throne, Spirit of the living God, help me to pray. Okay? And also it helps you not to depend on your strength. You start looking and saying, Father, there is this thing that may seem like a mountain, but because I'm approaching it from your spirit, I'm not scared of it. Because I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to take charge. That's why the Bible says it's not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. So, as you're doing that, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to take charge even in your prayer life. But then there is the table of showbread. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Okay? So now when you look at the bread, you can equate it with the word of God. So you've got the work of the Holy Spirit this side. You've got the word of God this side. So I shared with you about the word of God being the logos and the rima. You remember that thing that we said? So the logos we said is the written word of God. The rima is the spoken or the revealed word of God just want to touch something here for you. So in your prayer life, you will be quoting what God has said, isn't it? Father, in your word you said this and this. In your word you said this and this. So that's like your table of showbread. But then, if that word is just a logos in you and it's not yet a rhema, it will not benefit you. Because some of you wonder, but this thing is in the scriptures and I confess the scripture, but I didn't get it. Every promise that is in the word of God is potentially yours, but to make it yours, you need to tread upon it. The Bible says, God says to Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, that land have I given you. So it only becomes yours when you possess it. Okay, That's why you would find that even in our own lives, you may have a breakthrough in one area and not in the other. I shared with you before where some people, maybe you are strong, your faith is strong in believing God for divine health. And you know how to handle any sickness in your body. But you find maybe you are struggling financially. But the very same word of God that promises us divine health, it also talks about God supplying all our needs. But then, only the areas where you have really captured it, it becomes yours. So it means with that table of show bread, make sure that now that bread becomes a living bread of day-to-day revelation. Don't allow it just to be a logos, just a written word. Let the Holy Spirit minister that word to you until you are convinced. You know in your heart sometimes, you know the scripture that says by the stripes of the Lord Jesus I'm healed. And some of you say, Yeah, I'm trusting God for my healing. I believe I'm healed. Pastor, uh, can I stop my medication? You can't ask me that question. Has that logos become a rima in you? So if it's still a logos, you better continue with your medication (laughs) because it's not yet the revealed word for you. Okay? By the time that word is a revealed word for you, you will be convinced. You don't have to ask anybody. Amen? Because now it's a living word to me. And that's why even in many things that are already in the word of God, people may try to argue with you on a particular thing. But when something is revealed to you, live with it. That's your revealed word. So you see now you're getting there and then you come to the altar of incense. The altar of incense, because I said that just quick recapping, so that you understand that. So in the altar of incense, that one, it's a golden one, it's different from this first one, the altar of burnt offerings. This one was dealing with the sin. So that one, the altar of incense. Can we just look quickly at Exodus chapter 30, 1 to 10, NIV? Read it for us quickly, somebody who has it. Uh Okay, Mr. Netanyahu or Mr. MJ, whoever of you has got it, quickly get it for us. Uh, Exodus 30, 1-10 NIV. I just want to share a bit with you on that, the altar of incense, because you see you are still praying. You remember, we're still praying, isn't it? This is your prayer. You haven't even got into the Holy of Holies yet. So you see now, it's like, I'm going there, I'm going, but the reason why I want to take a bit of time on the altar of incense is because this is where the Bible, actually let's read the two together. So we read Exodus 31 to 10, but Revelations 5, 8 in the Amplified. Maybe let's start with Revelation 5, 8 Amplified. Is it Mr. MJ or, uh, okay, Revelation 5, 8 Amplified.
1: And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are prayers of God's people.
0: Okay. What are the incense? Prayers of God's God's people. But now go back and see because this it says this uh, the tabernacle was just a shadow. So if the incense that those elders, the twenty-four elders, and the four living creatures were holding were the, are the prayers of God's people, so let us see what used to happen in the altar of incense. Go to that Exodus thirty-one to ten, NIV.
1: Make an altar of acacia wood for burning incense.
0: You see, this one now is not the same with the altar that's in. Exodus 27. Exodus 27 talks about that first one. Now, here is talking about the altar of incense. We said the incense is the prayer yeah, of the, the
1: saints. saints. Okay? Uh-huh. It is to be square, a cubit long and cubit wide, and two cubits high, its horns of one piece with it. Overlay the top and all the sides and the horns with pure gold, And make a gold molding around it. Make two gold rings for the altar below the molding, two on each of the opposite sides, to hold the poles used to carry it. Make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put the altar in front of the curtain that shields the ark of the covenant law. Okay,
0: so that that uh, the the altar of incense was just before the curtain. That's going to the Ark of the Covenant to the Most Holy Place. So it was just before the curtain. So it was still in the Holy Place. Continue.
1: Mm. Put the altar in front of the curtain. That shields the Ark of the Covenant Law. Before the atonement cover that is over the tables of the Covenant Law. Mm. Where I will meet with you.
0: Okay. So the Lord wants to meet us in the Most Holy Place. So we're getting ready to just be in his presence. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Aaron must burn, must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning okay, when he the Okay, I want this lamp. one.
0: He's burning what kind of incense?
1: Fragrant Fragrant.
0: Incense. So that's a sweet smelling aroma. We're not talking about sin here. Okay? At this stage, we're talking about your worship, your prayers, your praise being a sweet smelling aroma unto the Lord because you are already cleansed in that first altar. Yeah. Okay? Now you burn the sweet the, the, the fragrant uh uh-huh.
1: Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps
0: so the Lord is expecting our incense every day. Tell your neighbor the Lord is expecting incense from you, the Lord incense from you. amen uh-huh.
1: he must burn incense again when the, when the light when he lights the lamps at twilight so the lights
0: we know the candles the, the candle, the golden lampstands,
1: okay? Mm-hmm. So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Yeah. Do not offer on this altar any other incense or any burnt offering or mm. grain offering, mm. and do not pour a drink offering on it.
0: Okay, so in this, of, in this one, you can see it. So in this one we're not going there for the first one, okay? But this is just the time to minister to the lord but as you do that of course there is in this altar there was only one thing that used to happen the atonement which was done once a year by the high priest that could be done there so now it means when i'm here when i'm praying here i say father i thank you that my prayers are to you a sweet smelling aroma and i want to pray for so and so I want to pray for so and so. I pray for this situation. I pray for that. I pray for that. I pray for this. You see, I'm still praying. Eh? So obviously, this is during your prayer time. During your time of closet. And then, now you approach the Holy of Holies. Where he says, there I will meet with you in the presence of God. Sometimes you come to that place and you, you just say, Father, you are holy. Father, you are worth. You're just seeing the greatness of God. The, how great the Lord is. And you're no longer in your flesh. Okay? And when you are deep in that place, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to keep on revealing the truth to you. There may be things that the Lord wants to reveal to you. These days that we're living in children of God, they no longer listen to the voice of God sometimes you find that you pray, pray, pray and then you just rush. We are in a rush. But the Lord wants us to reflect and have time in his presence. Okay? And you see now that your hour. so you will no longer pray looking at you see you pray, hey, it's only five minutes. You still have 55 minutes to go. No, your attention is in a wrong place. You need to be soaked in God. If you do it that way, you won't even feel how much time you had in the presence of God. Because you're just there in his presence. You're doing it when you have time for him. You are doing it when there are no other things competing for your attention. That's why the Bible talks of us going to our closet. I'm not talking about the prayer that we do together. So today, let's connect it with what we're doing today. So let's go to Matthew 6, 5 and 6. And then uh, we will compare that with Matthew 6, 16 to 18. But let's start with Matthew 6, 5 and 6. Can we get there? Because today we want to talk about prayer and fasting. Okay? So I know most of you like to fast. And sometimes fasting becomes a punishment. Or it becomes something to boast about. Hey, Rima Bandran. Haven't you heard such statements? (laughs) There are people sometimes in my language, they mean we are in the belts. So it's like, it's something for you to show others that, yeah, hey, it's tight. Okay? So obviously there is a way to fast and a way not to fast. Okay? Because if we don't do it the right way, we will just be reaping our own rewards which are not God from God. So let's look at it. Matthew 6, 5 and 6 NIV.
1: And when you pray, okay, do not be like the hypocrites.
0: Okay, so it means the hypocrites also pray. But when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Uh-huh.
1: For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and uh-huh. on the street corners to be seen by others.
0: Okay, so the hypocrites pray to be seen by people.
1: Okay, continue. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Okay.
0: So if you pray to show people and people see you, then that's fine. You have received your reward. You no longer need anything from God. That's what Jesus is saying. So if your intention is to be seen by people and now they see you and they see how great a prayer warrior you are, you've got your reward. Isn't it? So it says, if your intention is to be seen by people. Okay, continue.
1: But when you pray, Mm. go into your room, Mm -hmm. close the door, Mm. and pray to your father who is unseen. Mm. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you.
0: Amen. So now the difference here is, I'm not talking about a prayer when we are praying all of us together in church. I'm not talking about corporate prayer i'm talking about your individual time of spending time with god okay you don't do it to be showing people i pray for 3 hours okay so he says when you pray go into your closet i think the closet part for me has got two meanings one meaning is that it it, it it's your secret place don't you 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 don't want to be show making a show of But secondly, it's also a way of not being distracted by things. You remember I told you that sometimes when you are praying and then the phone rings and then now you want to pick up the phone and somebody says, oh, sorry, wrong number. (laughs) And then you find you just stopped your prayer. So rather, get into your closet and close the things. Okay. Now look at that very same Matthew 6, go to 16 to 18. Now you will see... Jesus introduces the subject of fasting in the same way that he talks about prayer. Go for it. When you fast. Okay. He said when you pray. Now he says when you fast. That sounds like parallel, isn't it?
1: When you pray,
0: when you fast.
1: Uh Do not look somber as the hypocrites do.
0: Oh. In the first one, in prayer, we're told not to pray and look like hypocrites. Now here you are told when we fast, let's also not do it like hypocrites. Continue.
1: For they disfigure their faces to show
0: others they
1: are fasting.
0: Oh, you see now, the other ones were praying to be seen by people they are praying. Now there are also those who fast to show people that they are fasting.
1: Continue. Truly I tell you, Mm. They have received their
0: reward in full. So they are the same with those ones who pray to be seen by people. So if your fasting is to show off to people, you have received your reward. There is no longer any reward from God. Which means if I do it right, there is a reward from God. Amen. That's why when we say, Lord teach us to pray. So he taught us to pray and we learned all those different kinds of prayers. So he will even teach us The prayer and fasting that is acceptable to him. And that's what we're dwelling on today. So he says, when you pray, when you fast. uh
1: But when you fast, Uh put oil on your head and wash your face. Uh So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. Uh But only to your father who is unseen. Uh And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you.
0: Amen. So I just want to say with that introduction for you to understand Jesus is drawing a parallel between prayer and fasting. But he puts them in the similar way where he says don't pray this way, pray this way. Don't fast this way, fast this way. If you pray this way you are receiving reward from people. If you pray, fast this way you will receive your reward from people. If you fast this way you pray this way, you will receive reward from God who sees in what's done in secret. If you fast this way, you will receive reward from God who sees what's done in secret. Do we get that? I want us to understand that because we need to understand the importance of prayer and fasting in our own lives. Okay? But when you pray, when you so fasting, it's not just fasting isolated from prayer. Okay? Because if you are just fasting and you are not praying and it's just for your own time or to show people that I fast for how many days and all that and, and you are busy with all your other activities so you're not fasting to spend time in the presence of God because fasting should be that I'm denying my body and my soul the pleasures and I want to tune in to my spirit to be at the right position where I will be sensitive to God. Okay? So it means, I'm putting all these things aside because I want to concentrate on God. So it's actually not good to fast when I'm busy with my other things because then I'm not giving enough attention to that getting in and really just be sensitive to him. Do you get that? So I said here that Fasting without spending time with God is like dieting or hunger strike, isn't it? Yeah, because there are people who decide I'm not going to eat or maybe you want a figure then you diet, but that's not fasting because it's not a prayer and fasting, the one that we're talking about. So you need to be saying, I want just to be in the presence of God. I need so much of you, God, that I'm putting these other things aside for a moment, I just want to focus on you. Okay? So, I want us to start, the first one that I want us to look at is when you are fasting, as a way of just ministering to the Lord. Okay? It's not because you are in trouble or there's anything wrong. You're just saying, I just want to have time with God. Okay? I want to fast and I will not be eating, but also I will not be busy with my TV and other things. Some of you, you're so much good with your Whatsapps and all that. You say you're fasting, but you're chatting with all the people around. So your attention is not necessarily on God. You're still entertaining your soul. Okay? So it means when we fast, let's make sure that this is just time to be with you, Lord. And when you do it that way, You won't even quickly get hungry. You quickly get hungry because you do it with many other things. But if I'm just in the presence of God and I'm just doing what God wants, I get fulfilled. You remember one time when Jesus, when the disciples went into the city to buy meat in the book of uh, John, the Samaritan woman story. When they came back, they said, Master, come and eat. And he says, I've got food. To eat that you don't know about. And he says my meat is to do the will of the father. The one who sent me. So when I'm busy with my father's work. It's as if I've eaten. Amen. So I want you to understand this. So let's go to Acts chapter 13. 1 to 3. In the New King James Version. It says now in the church that was at Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger. Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, I like this. I wanted that even in your time as you minister to the Lord and fast, may the spirit of the may you be sensitive to the spirit of the Lord that you can say, as I was ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Lord revealed this and this to me. Because now I'm at the right frequency. I'm tuned into the right frequency. The other time I was sharing with some of you that sometimes when you feel like God is not speaking, it's not because he's not speaking. You are just not tuning in to his frequency. Like I said, it's like even if you've got a television set at home, if you don't turn it on, you will not receive anything that maybe the SABC is broadcasting, isn't it? It's not that SABC is not broadcasting. You are just not receiving it because your TV is not on. And if it's on, but it's not in the right channel and it's just going, it still also doesn't mean the SABC is not broadcasting. It means you haven't tuned into the right frequency. Okay? So, sometimes we are so busy with many things that we cannot focus on God then sometimes you need to say, I just want to put everything aside just to spend time ministering unto the Lord. Just being sensitive to him. Saying, nothing else matters but your kingdom. As you are in that place, may the Lord continue to reveal himself to you. May you continue to be sensitive. Like here it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. Did you see how they were not, the Bible doesn't tell us that they were in trouble and they were asking God to help them or there was this and that. They were just ministering to the Lord. Praying and fasting before the Lord. So you can do that. Joel 2. 15 to 17 in the New King James Version. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. So, consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and nursing babies. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber. And the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord. You see now the priests who minister to the Lord. We want that altar of incense. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach. That the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? So it means as you are ministering to the Lord, as you are there with your altar of at the altar of incense. Praying and, 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 and ministering to the Lord, just ministering to the Lord, ministering to the Lord, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, ministering to the Lord, and let the Lord just make himself more and more real to you. Let him continue to reveal himself in your life. It's not more about what other people are arguing and talking. You see, these days people have got a lot of debate about God. Whether it's in TV or any forum, people are debating about God whom they have not even met. They only just read about him. They do not have a personal encounter with him. So with us as children of God, may we have a personal encounter with God. May you say this is the God that I know. I'm telling you because I'm convinced in my heart. I know my God will do it. And speak like Paul saying, the God whom I serve, the God whose I am, appeared to me and said to me, Amen. So, I'm saying we can then fast and pray as we keep being sensitive to the Lord, just ministering to him, making sure we are in the right frequency. Especially when you realize sometimes with our busy lives, we cannot hear God. Because we are just too busy. It's cluttered. There's just a lot of noises competing for your attention. So you need to close those noises. Just have time in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Let's go for another one. So there is also a time when you can fast. As a way of making sure that you are always attuned to the presence of God, that you can always be used by God to set the captives free or setting those that are oppressed free. Okay? Some of you like that scripture where Jesus says, "Uh, this kind does not go out but by prayer and fasting. He did not start by saying that. They said, why couldn't we cast? it?" He said, because of your lack of faith. Then toward the end he says, however, this kind does not go out but by prayer and fasting. But the question is, but Jesus just casted, That spirit. So it means he was living a fasted life. Amen. You don't have to now start saying. I will only fast when there is a crisis to deal with. If you are always living a fasted life. You are ready. Whatever the enemy brings your way. Amen. Because if you say I'm going to pray. I'm only going to wait and fast when there is this and this and this and this. Then some of the situations will catch you off guard. So look at this. Isaiah 58. Maybe let's start with Matthew. Then we'll come back to Isaiah 58. Matthew 17, 18-21, New King James Version. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So they were saying, Jesus, you cast out a demon. Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Did you see how he answered them? For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So if you have faith, nothing will be impossible to you. But he says, however this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Okay? So it means, he says, in this case, it would have been necessary that you are a prayerful and a fasting person to handle a kind like this one. But for Jesus, because he was always ready, he didn't have to say, now I want to go and fast. Hey, Today we met somebody who was demon-possessed and those demons are difficult. Hey, we need to go and fast, then we'll come back. Didn't do that. Amen. Now you go to Isaiah 58, 5 to 6, ERV. We'll use this one as our Bible study portion. Toward the end, I'll give you time to just reflect on Isaiah 58. Because it shows us that the kind of fasting that God... Desires from us, what kind of fasting is it? So, Isaiah 58 5 to 6 ERV. It says, Do you think I want to see people punish their bodies on those days of fasting? That's God asking. Did you hear that? He says, Do you think I want people to look sad and bow their heads like dead plants? Do you think that's what God is looking for? Do you think. I want, to, I want people to wear morning clothes and sit in ashes to show their sadness. That is what you do on your days of fasting. You see, he says that's what you do on your days of fasting. Do you think that is, the, that is what the Lord wants? I'll tell you the kind of day I want. A day to set people free. I want a day that you take the burdens off others. So as you are fasting, let it be the time where you are interceding and breaking all the chains over others. I want a day when you set troubled people free. There are a lot of people that you know who are troubled, who are tormented by the enemy. So in your time of fasting, may you think about them. May you be setting them free and saying, this is not just about me looking sad. This is time to set the oppressed free. And you take the burdens from their shoulders. People are bound. And they need to be set free. So as we get more sensitive to the spirit of the Lord and walk in faith, as we get more sensitive to the spirit of the Lord and indeed make sure that we are in the right frequency, may the Lord use us to set his people free. This is even the part where you would find that in the last days, in the days we're living in, people can no longer even distinguish who is the real God because they cannot see the power of God in operation. But as we spend more time in his presence and soak ourselves in his presence, that's why I believe that as the Lord is teaching us, he's preparing us for the end time move of his spirit that indeed will operate in the supernatural with signs and wonders being a daily occurrence. Because Jesus said, I'm going to the Father and the works that I do, you will do. Even greater works than this, you will do because I go to the Father. So if Jesus set the captives free, because John, uh, Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So he was setting the oppressed free. So if he did set them free, it is our turn now to set them free, using the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm saying, children of God, be prepared. Live a a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. A lifestyle of shunning sin. Because obviously if you are living in sin, and now you're taking chances with the evil spirits. You remember the sons of Sceva? Huh? You remember the story in the book of Acts? So as Paul was casting out devils, some people made a presumption and think we can also cast out devils. As long as all it takes is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the power man. We just use the name of Jesus, it will be done. So they went to that man who was demon possessed. In the name of Jesus. That was a good start. Whom Paul preaches you gone. <laughs> because they were supposed to say in the name of Jesus the Lord whose I am I command you to come out. So they say in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Then those demons says Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? And you know what they did? So it says, those sons of Skiva were beaten and stripped naked and they ran out of town naked, being beaten. Because they were not tuned, they were trying to take chances. Faith is not taking chances. Amen. You need to make sure that I'm in the right place and I know that my God has said this and I have the, revela- the revelation of this thing I'm acting on. Amen. Amen. The problem is that sometimes we want to try things that are not yet revealed to us. Sometimes we want to try things but we are not living right before God. So it means the evil spirits would even it's almost I used to give this example of if you are a traffic officer you write people tickets, isn't it? As a fine. And they've got to pay that fine. But if you are fired (laughs) your ticket is worthless. Because there is no backup. Okay? So, don't disqualify yourselves by living in sin. That when you write a ticket to the devil, the devil says, ah, your ticket I won't pay. And then you don't have backup to back you up. Because you are acting of your own authority. We need to act in the authority of God. So, let's look at the other one. The next one. We can fast to seek the face of God and to ask for his intervention in a particular situation. You see now you can also fast with a purpose to say now there is this issue that really I want to seek the face of God on and I want his intervention. And I want to pray and fast. I want to set time aside so that I just get to the depth of this one. Ezra 8, 21 to 23. This was the time when Ezra and the people that he was with were supposed to undertake a journey to the other side but he realized that along the way there were bandits or thugs or tzotsies. If it was during this time we would say maybe there were gangs along the way or whatever people that people are afraid of. But he was supposed to go to the other side. Now listen to this. Ezra 8.21-23 NLT. And there by the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before God. Now, if you look at this kind of fasting, like the one in Joel which says proclaim a fast. So there is a fast where we can all talk and agree to fast. So that one you will know I'm fasting because we talked about it, isn't it? So, it's not that we are appearing to men to be fasting. It's like even prayer. We can say we're praying together as a church. You know I'm praying. I know you're praying. It's not showing people. It's a proclaimed fast. It's a time of prayer for all of us. Okay? So, in this one, it says, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children, and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen. To accompany us and protect us from enemies along the way. I like the spirit of Ezra. Amen. You know that some of you, you talk very highly about your God. You are proud of your God. You say, "My Jesus is the answer. My God can do anything. But when you are faced with a challenge, we find you going to natural means to get help. So he says, I was ashamed now to go and ask for protection from the king. I could have done that. And they would have given us soldiers just to escort us. Isn't it? I could have gone the natural way. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I was ashamed to do it the natural way. I like that. I was ashamed to do it the natural way because, and you know that people of the world, sometimes they will mock you. You go to the king and say, king, give us soldiers just to protect us in the way. And the king says, but you just told us that your Lord is your protector. You said the Lord gives your angels charge over you to protect you and keep you in all all your ways. Now you expose yourself to to being mocked. So he says, I was ashamed to go that way. So, after all, we are told the king, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. But his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So he says, I realized that I was in a position where I couldn't do it the natural way. I like this one. Yeah, sometimes go for God and not the natural way. Especially if it's revealed to you. If now it's part of what is in your spirit. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us. And what did he do? And he heard our prayers. And if you continue to read it, they went through, they walked along the way, even where the bandits were, they passed and went the other side, and they were protected, them and their children. God is faithful. Keep on trusting him. If he has revealed something to you, and he has shown you that I will do it, and you are convinced in your heart, when fear comes, because obviously fear will come, and try to say, what if this, what about this, what about this? So as long as you are convinced in your heart that my God will do it, you stand your ground. But if you feel you are shaky, because sometimes you can feel you are shaky. So there are two ways where you can be shaky. Either that word was not yet a rima or a revealed word to you yet, or it was revealed but now fear is coming to try and squeeze that. And fear and faith cannot operate at the same time. So it means, if I'm starting to have that bit of fear, then go back and reinforce. Go back to the scriptures. Go back and feed your spirit again until you are fully persuaded. You remember the Bible says, Abraham was fully persuaded that what God has promised, he was able also to perform. So Ezra proclaimed a fast, and then God came through for them. And they did it the spiritual way so some of the issues that you have to handle don't depend on the natural means because natural means are limited so the other one we can fast to humble our souls and to keep our flesh under control okay so this one is like you saying flesh I want you to be under control okay especially when your flesh is trying to dominate often okay your soul is dominating often and your spirit is squashed. So you need to then weaken your flesh by not giving it food. Weaken your soul by not giving it its own food. But you feed your spirit with the word of God. So as you do that, you humble yourself with fasting. So let's go to this Psalms 35, 13 to 14 NIV. Yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. When my prayers returned to me unanswered, I went about mourning as though for my friend or brothers. I bowed my head in grief as though weeping for my mother. So he said, I humbled myself with fasting. Put my body under with fasting. I want I want my spirit to take ascendancy. Amen. I want my spirit to take charge. Amen. So you can also fast and pray, especially when you want to show remorse and repentance. In the Old, Old Testament, when people want to show that indeed they were repenting and they were remorseful, they would even tear their clothes and go in, in ashes and sit in the ashes and to show that indeed I'm very much sorry for what happened. And we are really repenting. We are remorseful. I want to show you just an example. Two examples. One was about King Ahab. How many of you know King Ahab? You've heard about King Ahab? He's one of, he was one of the most wicked kings in Israel. What a title. Okay? So, but when the Lord was pronouncing judgment because of his wickedness, the man still went before God and showed remorse and he repented, he fasted and God still gave him a chance. So it means none of us Your situation would never be bad enough to say God will not accept me. If you go to God with all your heart and with true repentance. God will forgive you. Look at this. 1 Kings 21, 25 to 29 New King James Version. But there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up. So he was like, if there was a title of being the most wicked, he was. And he behaved very abominably in following idols. According to all that the Amorites had done. Whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So it was when Ahab heard those words. When he heard that God is going to judge them. Because of his sinful life. That he tore his clothes. You remember the tearing of clothes. And put sackcloth on his body. And fasted. And lay in sackcloth. And went about mourning. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, See how Ahab humbled himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. I like that. It would rather come during the time of his sons. Because he has humbled himself in repentance, prayer, and fasting, He says, I'll be merciful. And yet, this was the most wicked key. So I'm saying to you, child of God, there should never be any sin that would make you feel like it's beyond repair. As long as you are still alive, it's not beyond repair. Amen. So look, the people of Nineveh, they also, Nineveh was also known to be a wicked city. Okay? And Jonah actually wanted God to judge them and he didn't. the reason why he was running away from going to preach the gospel to them, he did not want them to repent. He wanted them to be punished because they were nasty to the Israelites. But look at this. Jonah 3, 4-10, to New King James Version. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. You see he was preaching judgment. The people of Nineveh, so the people of Nineveh believed God proclaimed a fast. So a proclaimed fast is the one where we are calling all of us to come and fast. So the king proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word of then the word came to the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and laid his robe and covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, head nor flock, so even animals were fasting, taste anything, do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he has said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Did you get that? So I want you to get all these things because there is many avenues where you can fast. Okay? You don't only have to fast when you are in trouble. You don't only so you can fast just ministering to the Lord, spending time in his presence. I actually like that one. Amen. I do that one and that one is even nicer because you can have that you can be at that altar of incense, just sweet smelling aroma and just being sensitive to the spirit of the Lord and just being tuned to the right frequency with God. There are many people out there who need God. And children of God, we better be tuned in to the frequency of our Father. That we can be an answer and a solution to the world. There are many things that are happening in the world today. And people don't know where to turn to to get the answers. And I believe Jesus is the answer. And we as children of God, we should tune ourselves to be in the position where we can always minister to God. So, are you starting to understand fasting? And when you do it next time, you won't be doing it to impress people to say, you know, I fast this and this and you like the Pharisees. Remember the Pharisees were also proud about fasting. I fast this and this and this. Yeah, actually, yeah, maybe we fast 10 days. We do this and this. Hey, we, we fast this and this and this. You have your reward. Amen. It says when you fast, apply the lotion. So even when we, we look at you, we even doubt, is this one fasting? Maybe this one has eaten. <laughs> because you look good. Amen. Amen. So do that. Because you want your reward from the Father. Amen. And actually as I was going through this, you see when we started this subject, Lord, teach us to pray from the beginning of August. My prayer life has been changed and transformed completely. I'm also learning as we're moving. Because when we said, Lord, teach us to pray, I'm also saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And he would teach me in my time of fellowship with him. And I come and share this with you. So let's walk this journey together. So that our prayers would be effective. So that even when you fast now, it's not a burden. Okay? And you are not doing it for the sake of people. You are doing it for your God. So I'll just give you examples about fasting in the New Testament. Because there's still a debate a bit about fasting and the New Testament. And that. I'll just give you a few verses. And then we are going to give you time just to reflect On Isaiah 58. So fasting in the New Testament. So I will start by saying Jesus fasted. Jesus fasted. Jesus did fast. That's why even that other evil spirit. Which he said. However this kind does not go out but by prayer and fasting. He did not have to say. Hey sorry guys. Let's go back and fast. And then we'll come back for this one. No. He was always ready. But look at this. Matthew 4 1 to 2. New King James Version. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Okay. Maybe I need to clear this one. It says Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. The other one who fasted 40 days and 40 nights, it talks about Elijah. And who was the other one? Moses. Okay. And each of them you will hear the Bible saying, they were in the presence of the Lord. Okay? So there is this thing where you don't go out there and try the 40-day fasting just because you want to copy those. Okay? So it goes this way. So I told you, I said, when you are in the presence of God, like what when Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of the Father. So when you are there, Sometimes because you're not keeping on shaking time, you may find yourself you've gone a little bit longer because you were in his presence. If that's how days are going because you're going that way, then that's fine. But in many times, it's a, if it's about the fast that you are planning to do, you would find that many people usually they would do it like from overnight, you eat the last time, maybe the last night, and then you have time of prayer and fasting the next day. Then toward evening you break again. And you meet your objectives, that's still fine. Amen. Just thought, let me put that one in there. Because sometimes when you want to copy this 40 days, 40 nights, we are in a 40-day fast. You know, uh, but we might only, uh, only be drinking juice. Uh, or we'll only be drinking this, 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 and this. For me, if you give me guava juice for many days, I can go for a lot of days. but I don't see that as fasting I'm just drinking juice amen yeah because it's as if we want to impress people that have fasted so many days now I need to take something so that I can go many days so that I can tell you I fasted 40 days then I'm looking for reward from you amen so Paul fasted 2 Corinthians 11, 23, and 27. So Paul, sometimes Paul would say, guys, you're making me boast. I didn't want to boast. But there would be times sometimes when Paul would defend his ministry. He would say, I'm an apostle. Like those apostles of yours that keep on priding themselves. I was this, 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 and then somewhere he said, but you made me boast. I didn't want to boast. Do you remember such statements from Paul? So in defense of his ministry, sometimes he would list to people what he does. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23, and then he continued, but I want to read 23 and 27. He says, are they ministers of God? I speak as a fool. I am more. You see what he was doing now. So he was saying, no guys, sometimes because we don't tell you our credentials, you think those apostles of yours are better than us. So he was like a bit in the flesh here. So he says, I speak as a fool. So he realizes that's not how you should speak. But he was saying, if I were to tell you the honest fact, we are better than them. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In death, often than 27. In weariness and toil. In sleeplessness, often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings, often. In cold and nakedness. So he was saying, I do these things often. If you think that those guys of yours who are doing that, they are great apostles. Do you get that? Just giving you that as an example. And then the other part where the disciples prayed, you remember that one, the one that we read, uh, Acts 13, 1-3, the church at Antioch. We read that one earlier, isn't it? So, but let's read 1423, New King James Version. Acts 14.23, so when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Amen. Did I lay my case of fasting? Amen. And it also helps us to understand how to do it and how not to do it. Because when Jesus started he said don't do it like the hypocrites. Don't do it this way. But I know you will do it. That's why he says when you fast. Okay. But now he's teaching us how to do it. So I would want that even in your own personal life. You can go back to this message after church. I think the media team is putting it on our uh, YouTube channel. Go back. Reflect some of these things. Even like we started prayer at the beginning of this month. Go back and revise these messages. But what we'll also do, I think the subject of prayer, I'll post it this week, as we've done. Because we touched many things. So next week we'll continue with something else. And then we'll put this all, we can put this in the website, in our website, together with the notes that we did about studying the Bible in July. So Brother Rolly, you can help us with that one. The pastor will just put that up. But for now, I want you to go and exercise now because we say it's Bible study. I want you to go and study the Bible. We are going to go to the book of Isaiah 58. So I'm going to give you, I think 10 minutes should be enough. I know that you may want more time but you can also keep on reflecting at it at home. But I've already given, you were given these notes, those of you who registered on time, you were given these notes already and I've indicated this is the scripture that we're going to read. We want to see what is the kind of fasting that God expects from us. But we are going to share. So we give you a chance. You read. You meditate. And as you read and meditate, like we said before, when you approach the word of God, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. Okay? As you are going through, don't rush. Even if you don't finish, it's fine. But allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you about prayer and fasting. Okay? So it's Isaiah 58, 2 to 11. And if you've got the good news, preferably in good news. But you can do it in your own version. So I will recall you in 10 minutes time. And then even our online viewers, wherever you are, you can make your comments when you are reading this Isaiah 58, 2 to 11 good news. And as we share back, we give feedback, we may also pick some from you. Mr. MJ, you will help us in that space if there are some of the online viewers who are posting their comments. Isaiah 58, 2 to 11. We can reconvene. (coughs) Wherever you've stopped, that's fine. You can continue to read that at home. I think it's just for the sake of time that we want to keep time but I just want us to reflect, whatever you've learned from that portion of scripture in Isaiah 58, from verse 2 to verse 11, and the online viewers, if they've also posted anything, Mr. MJ will just check and then summarize that. But can I just hear from any of you, anything that comes strong to you from this, even reflecting on your own personal life and how you've been praying and fasting, or what you learned from here, Linking it with everything that we've been sharing so far. Because I think it summarizes it very well. Okay, Mrs. Simango. Okay, just just get the mic. Can I just see who else wants to give uh, Feedback so that at least then we know the marks move from that one to that one to that one. Any other feedback? Okay, Mrs. Sadiki. Okay, Miss Sadiki and then Sister Agnes. So the three of you it will be enough, then it's fine. Okay, Miss Musimango.
2: <coughs> Amen. Greetings once more in Jesus' name. Amen. Um when I was reading I was taken back to the fact that God uses a pattern, and He looks at a pattern, at the method, at the approach, at the way in which He wants us to do things, and I was reminded of how important it was for the disciples to say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because um, in here, there is people who are praying, and their prayers are not being answered. And the Lord didn't only tell them what they were doing wrong, but he also then began to give them a pattern. So God is looking at the whole picture. I cannot separate my lifestyle, especially holiness, from my prayer life. So for me, I was actually taken back to the tabernacle, meaning that it's actually very important that after I have entered his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, I thank God that there is that level where I look at myself, but also there is um, an altar of burnt offerings so that I can repent, look at myself and search my heart. I was I kept hearing that. God is looking at the heart. He's looking at the whole of me. Even if it means when I enter into his presence and I start praying, I just surrender and be quiet. Even before I say anything, it's okay. And just say, Lord, here I am. The whole of me, my heart, my everything, I surrender. I open my life to you and use me as I intercede for other people,
0: as amen. I remember other people amen.
2: through my prayer time. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. And uh, like I've said, really the Lord is revealing a lot of things to us. So that's why then when Miss is talking about him taking us back to the pattern and the things, God wants us to do things his way, not our way. I think sometimes we get used to God in a way that we want to do things our way and we want to force God to confine himself to our ways of doing things. But we have to be the ones who adapt to his ways. Amen. Okay.
3: Uh, greetings in, um, in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, So um, I see fasting as a a very important step or um, um, thing that we as the the, the believers or the Christians need to do. Because the fact that Jesus Christ, after he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, the first thing that happened to to him, him, he was led to the wilderness to fast for four days. For me, it just reveals to me that we as the believers we have believed and then we have accepted jesus christ as our lord and savior and then we are anointed with the holy spirit then the next thing as we follow jesus christ steps then we also need to be led to the wilderness in terms of fasting because i believe god is saying or showing us there is a lot of revelation that comes through fasting amen and then on the same breath, that i've learned is that when we fast amen. jesus christ there is a lord that God expect us to do while we are fasting. It's not about just fasting. When I look at the scripture in Isaiah, he said, when we fast, we must feed those who are hungry, Mm. uh, give homes to those who are homeless. Mm. So I look at myself like, okay, we go and we cry to God, but on the other side, we are also not ministering in Mm. those ways. Mm. Jesus Christ is telling. While you fast, do not forget to do all these things that Amen. he has mentioned here, Amen. so that he can also reward us. He said, Your pre- my presence will be with you all the way. I just thank God for this service, so that I've learned today that while I fast, there are expectations that God is expecting
0: from me. Amen. And
3: I need to deliver on those, so that I can also see God's glory. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. sadiki Indeed, in our fasting, God expects us, there are things that God expects us to do. Actually, I was also challenged by this one of sharing your food with the hungry. Because sometimes you find that we just fast and it's just about us and all that. It seems like there's also a lot of ministry involved in this part of your prayer and fasting, ministering to others also and taking care of the needy. Okay, Sister Agnes.
4: Hallelujah. Amen. Greetings in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, I just want to say something on verse 4. Your fasting makes you violent violent, and you quarrel and fight. Do you think this kind of fasting will make me listen to your prayers? Amen. Hmm. I just want um, like um, here. Like, it touched me that sometimes we, when used to do things, sometimes you end up, um, getting used to the, 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 the thing and then you don't even consider your environment or what you do doing during fasting. And, and also, something that comes into my mind right now is that when we go before God, we go to fast, it's like, it's a sort of, it can be in a form of humbleness. It shows that, like God, I commit myself to you, and I, I need you. Yeah. Whether it's for or intervention, whether it's for seeking the face of God, yeah. but we need to also to avoid, or also check our lifestyle. Yeah. How do you live yeah. in your household with your children, with your spouse, and everyone around you, with your colleagues? Yeah. It's not you. We, do, we don't. We do not just go to fasting. But it, it should also we should also reflect on our lifestyle, Amen. because going before God and not reflecting on our lifestyle, it it, it can uh, make God not to answer our prayers. But we also need to check our lifestyle because even if we, we it's a church, maybe they said we we need to come uh, for prayer and fasting. It's also we need to just reflect first on our lifestyle. Amen. How do we live? Because we do not start by fasting, but like we need to, 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 to serve God or to live a life pleasing to God is all about your everyday life. So even when you go to fasting, you just check your everyday life. How do you conduct yourself in everything? Amen. So um, verse four, it was just like showing us even during the fasting that we we do not have to fast. You still fasting, but you still quarrel or you fight or you do all other stuff or you speak uh, uh, anyhow. But you need to to, to do things according to, to 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 the word of God. And I I I think most of the time I did not do this one. Verse 6 and 7. Fasting, I want this to remove the chains of oppression and yoke of injustice and let the oppressed go free. And 6 and 7, I, I must say that most of the time, if I fast, it's when if I pray for some, fast for some, pray to pray for someone, is when it was revealed to me. I've never just do, like started to pray and fast just to pray for people and I think this is one of the ministry that we need to consider at the church of God just to start to fast and start to pray for, 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 for the souls out there as, as an individual I mean praying and fasting as an individual that we take this also into consideration because I've realized that I don't do this it's either I do I pray and fast for intervention in my life or most of the time it's all about in my life or something that is being revealed or maybe when i realize that i'm in a season of warfare that's when i will do uh, fasting a lot but this one i think this is this touches me whereby i'll be just starting to fast just to minister the, the first one was to just to minister unto god to fast and to minister unto god and also this one just to min- to fast also as a servant of God, just to pray about our nation, even if it's not maybe a prayer item by the church, but you do it as an individual. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you very much, Sister Agnes. Especially the part that you talked about, um, our lifestyle. Okay? Because God is not interested in sacrifices. You know there is a the thing where he says obedience is better than sacrifice. You remember when Saul thought, by sacrificing and doing this, then I will cover up from all my disobedience. Okay? So, you can't go to fasting as a way of compensating for, for you not living right before God. Okay? So, fasting on its own, it's not, it shouldn't be used as a ritual. Okay? Okay? Yeah, because sometimes we focus on that and not look at what kind of lifestyle is God looking for. Am I walking in love? Am I a priest that is worthy to bring the sacrifices of praise to God? Amen. So maybe let me just pick some few. Mr. MJ, do you have any comment from the online viewers? Then I can just uh, summarize. Then we'll get, uh, we'll give and then get on our announcements and then we depart.
1: Um, We've got Mrs. Minugwara. she highlighted that she learned the kind of fasting that God wants from us and that we cannot be fasting and oppressing others at the same time, Mm. that we need to serve God while fasting. This is in addition to what Mrs. uh, Satik was saying. And that he will all that he will be able to hear us and answer our prayers. Amen. Fasting is not for our own interest. We should not be grandstanding in our fasting. Amen. And then the last one is from Sister Omar. She said that um, I also learned that fasting must not always be self-centered, but wanting the oppressed free always be concerned with God's people as we fast. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Now, Thank you very much. Thank you for those comments uh, from Ms. Mungu and Sister Oma. <coughs> I think the issue of um, fasting not self-saving it being more about uh, ministering. So we minister to the Lord but we also minister to others at that time. So if we start seeing it that way then our attitude in fasting will also change. So we say, Lord, teach us to pray. So let me just pick a few things here as we conclude. So I saw something there in verse, yeah, let's take the verse uh, verse 3. He says, the people ask, why should we fast if the Lord never notices us? Why should we go without food if he pays no attention? The Lord says to them, the truth is that at the same time you fast, you pursue your own interests. That one to me was like a, a game changer. Because I realized that sometimes we fast when we are busy with our other things. So he is saying, I realize that at the time you fast is the same time that you are busy with your other things. Not to say that your other things are wrong, but then that's not my time. That's your time with your other things. Amen? Because if we are saying, I want to spend time with God, our God is a jealous God. Amen? It should be time with him. So that's one thing I pick. And then the rest is what uh, the people have commented. But then, I also picked this. If you start from verse, uh, verse 8, you will start seeing the results that come with this fasting, kind of fasting that God, that pleases God. He talks about his favor upon our lives. He talks about quick healing. You know sometimes, he says, uh, okay, let's read them from verse 8. Then my favor will shine on you like the morning sun. We like the favor of God, isn't it? And your wounds will be quickly healed. I like that. I will always be with you to save you. My presence will protect you on every side. When you pray, I will answer you. When you call to me, I will respond. If you put an end to oppression, to every gesture of contempt and to every evil evil word, if you give food to the hungry and satisfy those who are in need, then the darkness around you will turn to brightness of noon. Sometimes you feel like it's just all over dark around you. But he says, as you get into this, the darkness around you will turn into brightness. And I will always guide you. Don't we always want the guidance of God? So as you spend time with God and, and, and committing yourself to him, he says, I will always guide you. And satisfy you with good things. I'll keep you strong and well. I like this one. I'll keep you strong and well. And let's say that for ourselves. Amen. God will keep me strong and well. You will be like a garden that has plenty of water. Like a spring of water that never goes dry. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. And I just see the Lord continue to reveal himself. Showing us who he is teaching us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. So we can all thank God for the word that we've heard. And then the online viewers, we can leave them now because we're going to close soon. So it's fine. We can thank God the word that we've heard as we say goodbye to the online viewers. And from there, we'll just finalize the few things that are remaining, like announcements. and bit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you and bless you. We honor you, Father, for this opportunity just to receive from your throne. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, for the life that is in your word. And thank you, Father, for teaching us to pray. Indeed, our prayers are powerful and effective. For well, indeed, the powerful prayer of a righteous man is effective. And Father, we thank you for teaching us to pray. Thank you, Father, for teaching us not to be like hypocrites. But, Father, to do things in a way that pleases you. That, Father, will please you in everything we do. and our service to you, Lord, will be from pure hearts. From hearts that love you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We honor you, Lord, that you are worthy. You are holy. You are faithful, mighty God, and your faithfulness is from everlasting to everlasting. In Jesus' name. Amen.